He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as I learn. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you, Jesus. This morning, I want to start a message. Don't know how long it's going to be, but I want to talk about spirituality. Spirituality. Uh, there are spiritists. He can be spiritual. Spiritists, in my mind, people who seek spirits. You know, the, ooh, can you say? <laughs> Something just moved over now. Spiritist. But the spiritual person is a righteous person before God. That's one seeking the only true God. Jesus, his son. That's the spiritual person. But we have to shift from one spiritual level to another, from grace to grace. And where you are spiritually... Where you are in your spirit life determines the things God does in your life. That's so important. Spirituality has to do with holiness, the definitions. Holiness has to do with religious passion, things for God, dedication, zeal, devotion, strong passion for God. In other words, just like with Daniel, if you want to catch Daniel, you want to trap him, you can only trap him when it comes to his spiritual life. When it comes to other things, you keep, that's, that's it. You can't get him to do something else. But when it comes to his spiritual life, Daniel was predictable. He was going to pray no matter what happened. Spirituality. In Romans chapter 8, verse 5 through 9, it says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Those who live according to the flesh. So there are people on earth today, their life is driven only by the things of the flesh. And they set their mind on the things of the flesh. That's the mindset. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. So that's your mindset. Your mindset determines whether you are a spiritual person or you are a fleshly person in the sight of God. Your mindset. What are the things that are important to you? What will you give up? What do you want to get in life? These are the questions. What are you willing to sacrifice with regards to your life? Would you sacrifice your life to get something of the flesh? Or you're willing to sacrifice your life to get closer to God? That's the issue. Is that the driving force in your life, knowing God? Is that the driving force in your life? What governs everything that you do? That's your mindset. If you are a believer, you live for God. Every other thing is to help you live for God. If every other thing is what's important, you have set your mind on the things of the flesh. That's your mindset. But then it tells you, the next scripture there says, For to be carnally minded, for, because to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be spiritually minded means you are a spiritual being. There's spirituality in your life. is life and peace. Life and peace. But to be carnally minded, if your mindset 
It's just what you see around you, the world and the world system. That's what you're concerned about. And nothing to do with God much. Then what you experience is death. And we're talking about spiritual death. And Christians can say slowly the fire is going out. Because your mind is no longer where it should be. Focus on the things of God. But to be spiritually minded is life. And that life is Zoe, the life of God, eternal life. The Zoe life of God, that's what he's talking. When your mind is set on the spirit, on spiritual things, you will have God's kind of life. That's what he's talking about. The Zoe kind of life, the life that Jesus has, devoid of fear, anxiety, and all of that stuff. That's it. The life of God. Life and peace. Peace. Be, the, word that peace the word peace is like rest. When you are spiritually minded, you rest. When you become a Christian and you receive Christ into your life, you've entered into His rest. Peace. And the word implies prosperity. And another meaning of that is being set at one being set as one in other words you are one with yourself you know who you are one with yourself peace not does it mean there will be no troubles no but none of this bother you because troubles are things of the world you know you have a relationship with god and god has given you peace and prosperity god will take care of the problems many are the afflictions of the righteous but god delivers them from all of them my wife gave you that scripture today that's what this is Set your mind on spiritual things and get spiritual and watch what God will do in your life. When you pursue other things, what you experience is death, anxiety, pain, worry, sickness, disease, discontentment. You're never happy because something happens to make you happy before you know you got another problem and maybe two more. And then you're back where you were before. But when God is your source, you know the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You are sure of that, so no matter what's happening around you, you are focused on serving God and not focused on getting things. And when you focus on getting God and and God, those things look for you. They are added to your life. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. When your mind is not set on the things of the spirit, then your mind is carnal. You are in enmity with God. You want to fight him? Some preachers said, when you fight with God... He loves to fight. You want to fight? God says, okay, we'll fight on this earth and we keep having, we will continue the fight. And after you die, he wakes you up for the fight continues. The fight never ends with God. He continues. To be carnally minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be, it never can be, it never will. But then he says, so then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Those who are in the flesh, if you are not spiritual, you cannot please God. There is nothing you can buy or give all you want to the church, but you have to be spiritually minded to please God. Those that are in the flesh cannot please God. But then he says, but you are not in the flesh. I like that. I'm not in the flesh. You are not in the flesh. You are not. So you can please God as a Christian. If you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can please him. All you have to do is make sure your mind is on him. Now, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3, He will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is what? 
wait on him. He will keep him. Who? God will keep your mind in perfect peace. You know why perfect peace? Meaning no matter what's happening around you, you have peace. Because your mind is set on God. Your mindset is on spiritual things. So nothing bothers you. He says because he trusts in God. Because you trust. Your mind is there because you trust him. You trust God. So no matter what's happening, God will take care of it. And my wife will tell you, this is the way I put it. When we're, having a, when we're experiencing difficulty, I tell myself, as long as the Lord Jesus, he's seated at the, at the Father's right hand, I'm going to be okay. No matter what the enemy does, it's going to be okay. We repeat it over and over to ourselves. As long as, if you can take him from his seat by the Father's right hand, then I'm undone. I'm finished. But as long as no one can get him from that seat, and I am focused on him, you can try all you want. You won't succeed. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that's risen up against you in judgment, God says, condemn that voice. He says, it's the rare heritage of the servants of God. And thank God, my righteousness came from him. And their righteousness is of me. That's what God says. And you have God's righteousness. If you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have God's righteousness. It's only when you take your mind off from spiritual things and you focus on earthly things, worldly things, and that's what's driving your life, that's when you're going to experience a whole lot of difficulty. My encouragement for you today, forget all these things that are happening in the world. There is only one place to be. Spiritual. Because we were created to be spiritual. Spiritual meaning I can connect with my maker. Just like Adam did in the cool of the evening and God came and appeared to Adam and walked with him in the garden. God still wanted that. And you are the spirit of God. You can do that. We can walk with him. That's what the scripture is talking about. Being spiritual. Being spiritual. Acknowledging Jesus as your Lord and Savior. There are concerns I've had with regards to being spiritual. I've seen people, it's been a while now. Well, should I say it's been a while? Well, I've been a Christian for some time, like you said. <laughs> we want to give the number of years. But I've been a Christian and I've seen a lot of stuff. I've seen a lot of stuff. I've seen Christians who think being spiritual is being weird. Oh, yes. They go, <laughs> Everything is spiritual. They talk as if they are a spirit. They live up there. And as soon as I see those people now based on experience, I go flaky. Flaky has come to us. <laughs> they're flaky. Because you get close, they're filled with fear, all kinds of stuff. That's not being spiritual. That's not being spiritual. Say this. If you have strong faith, you will be strong spiritually. Strong faith means strong spirituality. Strong spirituality means strong love. For God and your fellow man. Weak faith means weak spirituality. And love for God and man is not as strong. Your spirituality determines the level of your, on the strength of your love for God. That's true. If your faith is strong, you are spiritually strong. And if you are spiritually strong, your love for God is strong. You can claim to be spiritual and act spiritual. But if there is no faith in God, you're lying to yourself. It can't be. There's got to be faith. Everything we do is by faith. 
spirituality is by faith because you can see God. But you see, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you don't know God's word much, you can be floating in the sky like the angels. But I know you are flaky. Faith comes by hearing, right? And hearing by the word of God. So sometimes I'm really not interested in all the gooey stuff. You know, acting, it drives people away. I've seen that happen. Let me say this. When you meet Samson, I know we haven't met Samson. When you meet Samson and he's having dinner with you, he's ordinary. But put him in the setting for a fight. He becomes a different person. And you're going, is that the same Samson? That's the way it is. If you met Jesus, he looked just like the rest of the disciples. He doesn't look any different. Don't act different. But when he opens his mouth and he begins to pray, that separates him. That's what's spiritual. That's what's important. So don't get deceived by all this fluffy stuff. Some of it is good. But when it's too fluffy, you have doubt. Because I listen to you. I need to know what you know concerning what God says. Amen. What thus saith the Lord. That's your spirituality. Because you can't have faith without the word. Faith comes through prayer, devotion before God and the word. They go together. Prayer, church service, being in the presence of God. I mean, you're very spiritual, but I can only see you in church every other two months. Then, oh, glory to God. Put your hands down. <laughs> Flick. I'm not impressed. It, I, I'm saying it to our congregation so you can recognize this is very important. It's the time, quality of time. You're seeking God. Nobody sees it. In your closet. In your closet. They see you and you're still normal. Just like everybody. But then you are put in a spiritual setting. And people say, oh my God. Wow. Amen. That's spiritual. Amen? That's spiritual. That's what I like to see. Consistency, devotion, prayer. Not noise making. Hello? Empty vessels make the <laughs> And I, believe me, I have nobody in my heart. Everybody that I'm talking about, they are outside over there. <laughs> There's nobody like that at the Ark Fellowship, I'm telling you. Amen. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. This is true. We have great people here. <clears throat> but we need to recognize these things when we see them. Listen to this scripture here. It says, and so it is written. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45. And so it is written. The first Adam became... A living being. The last Adam became, notice the word became, right? Adam, man, became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first. Did you get that? The spiritual is not first. But the natural. And afterward, the spiritual. First Corinthians, verse the 46. It says, however, the spiritual is not first. But the natural. And afterward, the spiritual. So when you're acting like you are a spirit, something is not right. Do you get what I'm talking about? 
when you're acting like you're a spirit, and it's always God told me to wear these blue pants, why did he give you a brain then? I mean, I'm not making fun. You see, people talk like that. And everybody says, God talk to you like that? In their mind, I mean, I'm not saying God cannot do that if it's important. If there is a purpose to it, God would do that. God would tell you, I want you to wear that. There is a purpose. But if there is no purpose, why should you be asking God whether you should wear blue shoes or wear pink ones? That's use your mind. He gave you a mind. Use your mind. Don't tell me how spiritual you are because God told you to wear a certain kind of pants. What has that got to do with my spirit life? These are important things. And so people, Christians, get weird. And unbelievers say, do I have to talk like that when I become a Christian? I can't do that. So because of your spirituality, they stay away from church. That's bad. That's bad. Be natural. The natural comes first. Until you are put in a setting, because you have been conversing with your Lord in secret, He rewards you how? Openly. Openly. That's important. Very, very important. So recognize that. Please recognize the authority that you have because you are a man. Most people don't recognize that. Read in scriptures. Jesus referred to himself more as the son of man. You know what that meant? Human. Son of man means human. He referred to himself more as the son of man than the son of God. When Jesus says son of God, the Jews hear God. He's saying he's God. When he says son of man, he's saying he's a man, just a man. And Jesus referred to himself more as the son of man than he did the son of God. Usually, with my research, I find that whenever it comes to salvation, he doesn't use the word son of man. He uses the word son of God. Do you believe in the son of God? But then other situations, he goes back to son of man. Because the earth was given to man. The earth was given to man. You have to be a man to operate on this earth. That's why God came as a man to operate on our earth. So he was exercising his authority as a man. The son of man has authority. And guess what? He will add on earth. He will add on earth. Listen to what he says in Matthew chapter 9 verse 6. When he was asking, he said, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, all rise up, take up your bed and walk. He says, but that you, verse 6, may know that the Son of Man, did he say Son of Man instead of Son of God? I would have expected him to say Son of God, right? But he said, that you may know that the Son of Man has power, guess what, on earth. On earth. To forgive sin. Then he said that, those words. And I believe in um, uh, uh, John chapter 15, I believe Jesus says, Whosoever sin you forgive, he'll be forgiven. I know we don't want to go there, but Jesus said it. But if you retain your sin, he will be retained. So, when you refuse to forgive as a man, you are fighting against God. Because God wants to forgive. And you are standing in his way. He wants to forgive this person, but you will not forgive. And now we got a problem. Hello? <laughs> it's a problem. That's why he says, forgive so your heavenly father will forgive. Because he wants to forgive everyone. When somebody has offended you, and you are holding on forgiveness, and will not let it go, and God wants to forgive, especially as a Christian, you're standing in his way. He wants to forgive, but you are not willing for this person to be forgiven. And now we've got a problem. 
It's very important. Because you are a man. You live on earth. Let me go back to that scripture. That's Psalm 115, verse 16. It says, The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's. But the earth he has given, what? To the children of men. So you are a man on earth. You have authority. So Jesus was maintaining, I have an authority, the authority to operate on the earth because I'm a man. I'm a man. I have that authority to operate on the earth because I'm a man. Now, if you read, uh, could you please give me that scripture? I, uh, John chapter 5, verse 27. John 5, verse 27. Jesus says, as the Father has life in himself. As the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life. Verse 26, please. And 20, then 27. Sorry, Teresa. <laughs> he says, as the Father has life in himself, he has granted the Son to have life in himself. In other words, Jesus didn't need the Father to give him life. He has eternal life in himself. And he has given him authority, that's the next verse, he has given him authority to execute judgment also. Why? Why? Because he is the son of God? Is that what it says? No. Because he is the son of man. He's human. He's human. That's why if anyone will accept Jesus, you're one with the Father. When you make that decision, I want Jesus, you become a true man. If you don't, he's going to judge you as a man. Not as God. God has given him the authority to execute judgment because he is the son of man. For me, it's like, no, no, no. He should be, he should be saying son of God. But I need you to understand, you have so much authority here as a man. It's what you allow that comes into your life. And if you are spiritual, then you will know what to allow. And what to disallow in your life. You will. But if you're not spiritual, you will allow any kind of stuff. If it feels good, let's do it. Let's accept it. Let's welcome it. Because everybody is welcoming it. But if you're spiritual, uh-uh. you know better. You know better. You know what to accept and what not to accept. That's the important thing about being spiritual. But know that you are a man. And you have so much authority. Whenever somebody comes to you and they ask for forgiveness, it says love covers multitude of sins. You know that God says that? Just you having compassion and loving them and forgiving them. At the same time, you're forgiving them. Heaven says, over. No more. It's forgiven. But when you hold it, then heaven is like this parable Jesus said. He forgave and this, this man will not forgive. And the servant said, look, you forgive. And the master was very angry. It's so important. We have authority on the earth. So let go. Amen. And love. Let go and love. What will spirituality do in the life of a, a person? What will spirituality do? Spirituality do in the life of a person. The first thing when you are spiritual, the first thing that will happen to you is that God's made you a blessing. I don't think you heard me. <laughs> you are a blessing. Once you are spiritual and your spirituality is strong. You are a blessing. Your life will influence everything around you for good. Your children, your family, and according to the word of God, and those around you, even your place of work. God can bless your place of work just because you're there. 
Because he made you a blessing. You know why? Your spirituality brought blessing upon your life. You are spiritually blessed when you receive. You're placing God. You know, God said to, to Abraham in Genesis 12 verse 2, I will make you a great nation. One man, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. And make your name great. That's what God is. Every child of God. I'd like you to believe that scripture. Great means God will make you influential. Your life can influence many people. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. I will bless you. And make your name great. And you shall be what? A blessing. Everywhere you go, a blessing. You know, I think about Lot. Lot didn't get this word from God. It was just between God and Abraham. But Lot tagged on to Abraham. And before long, he was so blessed, they needed to go their separate ways. Amen. Everywhere you go, you are a blessing. Amen. Your place of work, uh, you think, well, I need them. No, they need you. (laughs) Amen. They need your presence there. And if they let you go, they let go of their blessing, and maybe God has a different assignment for you to go and bless somewhere else. Everywhere you go, the Bible says to a thousand generations, you are a blessing. Now listen to what the word of God says in Exodus chapter 23. It says, so you shall serve the Lord your God. How many is serving God today? Are you really serving the Lord? He says, so you shall serve the Lord your God and he will bless your bread and your water. God will bless your bread and your water. So, so I, I get this um, a word from God, and then now I go get some bread from Kroger, and I get some water, and, and I put it in front of God, and I bless it. Is that what he's talking about? No. Your life is blessed. Everything you touch becomes blessed. The trouble is, even though we are following God, we don't believe that God meant what he said. We don't believe that. How he's going to do it, that's up to him. That's really not up to you. But you have to believe that this is so. And then you seek God to make sure that this is so in your life. Because God has made the promise. He says, so you shall serve the Lord your God. I am serving God. I am a blessing. God promised. You shall serve the Lord your God. He will bless your bread and your water. He says, I will take sickness away from the midst of you. Sickness from the midst of you. If sickness is taken from the midst of you, then you will not be sickly. I mean, we can be sick. I do get sick. But you can't be sickly. This is against God's word. That is where the scripture comes, and we'll come into that. Uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent ones take it by force. This is what God has promised to the spiritual person. He says, if you're serving him, you're spiritual. And if you're spiritual, God will bless your bread and water and he will take sickness away from the midst of you. Did God mean what he said? You see, if you are spiritual, you believe it. But if you're carnal, you have to think it through. Examine it real well. Because your mind is set on carnal things. But God says this word is true. He will take sickness away from the midst of you He says, no one will suffer miscarriage or be barren in the land. He says, I will fulfill the number of your days. I I have a very strong feeling. I'm I'm not feeling it's truth. I'm going to live long. Amen. I'm not planning to die. And you will live long too. Let's believe together. Amen. 
you will live long. Because God says the number of your days he will fulfill. I don't want to live long and be ridden with pain. I'll go home then. I will satisfy you with long life. Because you know my name, Psalm 91. God said, I will honor you. I will honor, when God honors the person, <laughs> nobody can bring dishonor in that, into that person's life. God says, I will honor you. I will be with you in trouble, but I will also deliver you. With long life, I will satisfy you. There is not a devil, there is not one sickness, there is not one accident, whatever it is that can cut me off from what God said. He was there. Jesus said, the Father who gave them to me, he's greater than all. And God is the one that spoke those words. I believe those words. And I want you to believe those words because you are spiritual people and so plan to live long. Amen. By the time I start walking like this, it's time to go home. Uh, amen. Angel, I do. <laughs> when my kids have to take me to the bathroom, <laughs> no, 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 uh, that's no fun. But I, we believe God. How many believe God with me this morning? We believe God. He cannot lie. Let God be true and every man a lie. And even the symptoms that you have, they're lies against the word of God. Let God be true and every man a liar. Stay with what God says. That's being spiritual. And when you have that, the word of God will be true in your life. Amen. The next thing is favor. Favor. Amen. Everybody yell with me, favor, and say it with me. I have favor with God and with men. They just like you. That's right. They, they like you. They just don't know why. Amen. They like you. They like to be around you. Your presence makes them feel good because you are carrying the blessing. You are carrying the blessing everywhere they go. They can't figure out what, what it is. But there's something about you. This is different. It's kind of different. You know? Hey, oh, okay. Is this your religious thing that you do? <laughs> the way they talk. This is your religious thing that you do. Hey, it makes you different. I remember when I was in the um, University of Georgia, one day, Dr. Papa, he called me one morning. I was having a very bad uh, tooth, toothache. And uh, I didn't know anything. He called me. He says, good luck. Is something happening to you? I wasn't thinking about toothache. I just like, why are you asking me a question like this? And uh, I said, I don't understand. What do you mean? He says, oh, he could tell I was confused. Because it's, it's something happening. What, what's going on? I, I, my mind is, how did you know? He said, well, you know, every time I see you, you seem to be so happy all the time. But today it's a little different. I thought for a while, what could be making me unhappy? But how could you know I'm, I'm happy all the time? And then, oh, my toothache is, oh, now you make sense. Good luck. Now I can tell. Because there's something about Jesus in your life that they can see. I wasn't aware that I looked happy. Amen. When Jesus is in your life, they, we used to sing it, happy, happy home, right? You got Jesus. Favor. Psalm 5 verse 12. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. Notice, for you, O Lord, will. God, you don't have any choice. You will bless the righteous. How many righteous do we have this morning? Can I have a wave of hands? If you don't want to be blessed, well, put your hand up. But there, let me see you. Righteous. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. And you will surround the righteous with favor as with a shield. That reminds me of 
He makes me to lie down in green pastures. You know what that means? If I roll this way, it's still green. If I roll the other way, it's still green. It's all green around me. There's nothing dry around me. Because you've come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You're spiritual. Favor. And that increases as you seek God. It increases as you seek God. Second Chronicles chapter, five, uh, chapter 26 verse 5 tells us this. It says, He sought God. In the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. Understanding in the visions of God. What does that mean? What it means is, you hear the word, and you hear this word that says, please spend some time with God in prayer. You've never tried it before. Separate yourself, maybe for the first time. And to God, Lock yourself in. Possibly write down what your problem is. God will amaze you. Yes. You, he sought God in the days of Zechariah who had the understanding in the visions of God. Visions of God, the word of God. What God says to do to be spiritual. You know of these things. Don't neglect them because there is profit. He says very clearly in the scripture... Godliness and contentment is what? Great gain. That's your gain from being godly. You gain from being spiritual. So you spend that time. He says, he sought the Lord in the days of Zachariah who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. Notice what it says, as long as they sought the Lord. I probably will come back to this. But listen, in the Old Testament, God said they should have a table of incense, another table of showbread, and then a candlestick. The bread must be fresh every morning. Yesterday's bread is not good enough. They had to go, go out and gather manna every single day. If you keep the manna from the previous day for the next day, it goes bad. You can't touch it. What was God saying? He said, I told them to trust in the word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The Bible tells us that, Deuteronomy chapter 8. Tells us that God said, I put you through that to teach you to understand. I made you hungry and I fed you manna that your fathers didn't know. So I can teach you this one lesson that man does not live by bread alone. You remember the word of Je- words of Jesus? Give us this day what? Our daily bread. This is very important. Just because you sought God before doesn't, and you got spiritual, that's not enough. Stay with it. Stay with it. Don't allow yourself to slide. And usually when you allow yourself to slide, the Holy Spirit will remind you. You have a choice at that point. Either you listen or you don't. But I'm saying to you today, your portion is you will always listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen? And you will always obey God's word. Because God's giving you that grace to do that today in Jesus' name. God's giving you that grace to do that. That's God. He does that. Listen, I'm going to end with this because of time. And come back to this message next week. It says, the Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord, that is uh, Psalm 146, verse 8. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord loves the righteous. Everything he was saying before was for the righteous. Amen? All of that was for the righteous, the spiritually blind, the spiritually, uh, the spiritual person. That's what God was talking about here. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. We are blind to many things. 
Call on me and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. We don't know it all. But as we, he loves us. And when we go to him, he opens our eyes. And if there is any area of your life where Satan is oppressing you, God's going to raise you up. Amen? God's going to raise you up because he loves the righteous. He loves the righteous. And that's your portion today. I don't care what Satan is doing in your life. I need you to believe what God says. That's being spiritual. That's spirituality. Because the scripture says, All things work together for good. You want me to say it again? All things work together for good. If it doesn't look right, don't try to study it. You'll never understand it. But the word of God is over what you are experiencing and has absolute control over what's going on in your life. You don't have to understand it. There's a song that says we shall understand it by and by. We don't have to understand. All things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. According to his purpose. When God has given you a promise, He's going to test you. He's going to test you. Psalm 105 tells us that God tested Joseph. He said the word of God tested Joseph. He was in chains. They burned him. He talked about that. But after the tests, a lot of people want to have a testimony, but they don't want to go through a test. You can't have a testimony uh, without a test. Uh, you hate the test, uh, that's okay, uh, but go through it. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil because he is with me. His rod and his staff comfort me. And right after that, he prepares. He prepares a table. Can you imagine the table God's preparing for me? Hey, I will never get off that table. <laughs> I'll stay up there. He prepares the table for me in the presence of the enemy. All the enemy can do is watch me enjoy what God has prepared. It's according to his purpose. Amen? According to his purpose. Would you please rise with me today? What I want for everybody here today, many, th- many times it's a decision. I found that God says, choose you this day. It's a decision. Most times you make a decision when it comes to God, you know you don't have the ability. It's not there. So you want to hesitate because you don't feel like you can meet that obligation God's asking for you. I can't do this. Faith. The step of faith is to say, God said it. I am going to commit. And then he empowers you because now you are willing. Amen? You are willing. Once you are willing and you commit, he takes over. God said to me sometime way back then, he said, go ahead, pray for them. There will not be a split second from the time you give them the command and I'll take over. Amen? Not a split second. And he explained it to me using the story of uh, Peter walking on water. He didn't think a bit. He walked on water because Jesus said, come. One word, come. And so he is saying to you today, make a commitment. Make a commitment to God saying, I will pursue after God from this very day with all of my heart. I'm going to do that. Amen? Would you bow your heads with me? Everyone here, bow your heads with me. I need you to be bold before God because you're dealing with God. If that's you today and you feel like you haven't walked as close to God as you should or you haven't even made a commitment to the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior but you want to start that walk today 
and there's something that's speaking to you in your heart. I need this. I need to know God. I want to walk closer to God. If that's you today, why don't you put your hand quickly up and I'll see it. I see that. Put your hand up. Put your hand up. I see that. That's wonderful. Wonderful. You are going to walk close to God. Did you know when you did that, God honored that. He saw your hand. And he's going to take you at your word and empower you to live for him. There is only one thing to live for. That's God. Amen? That's why I'm alive. When I'm through with my God, it's time to go home. Or Jesus will come and get me when that time comes. Would you bow your head with me this morning? Every one of us. In the name of Jesus, I plead with you that you make a serious commitment to God to pursue after Him. That's what I'm pleading with you this morning. And in the name of Jesus, and He is here today, I'm pleading with you to pursue after God, to be always in His presence as much as you can, to spend time praying to Him, spend time calling on His name, sharing with others when you can. That's spirituality. And God's calling you to that. You will be better off doing that in life. I know that. Because God is faithful. Say with me, God, you don't sound like you mean it. God, I thank you that you gave your son, Jesus, to be our example of following God. Today, I want to follow God with all my heart like my Lord Jesus did. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I commit to serving you with all of my heart, with all of my mind, with all of my strength. I thank you, Lord, for your love in Jesus' name. And everyone said, would you put your hands together, give him a clap of